you for joining us for our review of the Black Widow film. This is, well, I guess it depends on where when you're counting from. Some people might say this is uh, over 10 years in the making. Uh, we know that the movie, you know, was supposed to come out in 2020. We didn't get it. So, you know, it's a long time in the making. Um, but it's finally here. And we, of course, are the arbiters of quality. So we will be telling you guys whether or not this movie is good. Uh, before we get into our thoughts on the film, I do want to let you guys know the Comics Pals is a podcast where we talk about the characters you love and all the places that you can find them. The main show drops every single Monday with reviews of comic books coming out throughout the week. Uh, our image first reviews drop on Wednesdays, and then you can check for our Marvel, DC, Boom, etc. reviews whenever that drops. Uh, and of course, we review Loki every single week, although that is in its last episode. You can check back for our reviews of Loki and several other shows. If you're into that, write in and let us know your thoughts about this review at thecomicspalsagmail.com. Or you can leave a comment wherever it is you're listening to this. Leave us a follow and a rating. And if you're on YouTube, make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button, liking the video, sharing it with your friends and all that jazz. It's free to do and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. So uh, we always start these things by going over our uh, what we think the the rotten tomato score is going to be uh and we're going to keep that tradition even though we haven't reviewed a movie in a little while i don't think uh was the last movie we reviewed justice league yeah. it would have had to have been yeah yeah zach yeah. snyder's justice league so correct has anybody cheated has anybody gone ahead and, and looked i have not this time all right fair enough good i'm glad we're all playing fair so uh, what the game is, is we're going to guess the tomato meter score and the audience score and whoever is closest without going over on both or, you know, one or whatever will will win the game. So who wants to be the first to guess? I like being the sacrificial lamb, so I'll go first. Okay. Uh, the official tomato meter is going to be, I'm going to say 83%. But the audience score is going to be like 89%. All right. I'm going to go with tomato meter 80 and audience 82. Okay. I'm going to go next because Marco took one of my numbers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 82 tomato meter score. And I'm going to go with an audience score of... Phil, you said 89, right? That's correct. I'm going to say 87. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Kale? And I have no fucking idea of how people <laughs> think about this movie. Just throw some numbers out. Mm -hmm. uh, 85 for both. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. All right. Oh. Well, uh, the tomato meter is an 80. So oh, I'll put that on the oh button. Oh, boy! Fuck, that's what I was going to say, you piece of shit. <laughs> and then the audience score is a 92. Wow. So that's Phil then, right? I said 88. Or yeah, 89, excuse me. Yeah, you'd nice. be the closest without going over. But Phil, but Phil went over on the tomato meter, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying he gets a point for the audience score. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So the I winner swear to God. is... It's tied. It's tied. Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Right, oh, Marco, yeah. you can have it. You got it, buddy. Nah, it's okay. You, you, you need something. Yeah, you're the one who needs the points on the board, Phil. I feel like it's usually me and Marco that fucking we're real close with these numbers. <laughs> so, of course, uh, 
Black Widow sees Scarlett Johansson reprising her role as, you know, the uh, titular character. Uh, Florence Pugh joins the cast as Yelena Belova. David Harbour of Stranger Things fame plays uh, Red Guardian, uh, also known as Alexi. Uh, Rachel Wise plays uh, Melina, who is... Hell yeah, she does. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there are other characters who we'll get into, but those are the main four characters. This movie is very much about them and their family history um, and all the things that, you know, have happened to them since they were younger. Um, we're going to start with a very brief, and when I say very brief, I mean real brief, conversation about this movie, spoiler free, for those of you who haven't seen it and just want to check in for our initial thoughts. Um, I don't want to belabor this, so real quick, your thoughts on this movie without spoilers. I, yeah, it was good. <laughs> that's brief. I don't have any strong feelings about it. I know that's not a hot take, but I thought it was just fine. I think for me, uh, coming off of the last rounds of films, this was maybe a lower point for me. Um, And uh, I mean, it had its good moments and others not so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say I generally agree with that. I think I think in the overall, you know, MCU kind of like tier, this is a, a very mid tier movie and I think it's a very comfortably mid-tier movie um I didn't think that there was much about it that was like particularly special or standout but I definitely don't think that it's um in that like bottom tier of of movies that are like really just like not super enjoyable to watch um I think I think that this movie I think the conversation around this movie would be a lot different if it came out at the time that it's set um, if this was the the next MCU movie coming off of, um, you know, Civil War, uh, I I think I think I probably would have had a more positive reaction to it. But I think it definitely had prequel uh, heat for me, where it's like the the what happens here can only matter so much. I went into this movie desperate to like it because it is the first, you know, MCU movie back. It's the first, you know, movie back for so many of us. Uh, I really didn't enjoy it too much. Um, I thought it was the only strong point about this movie is the performances of the main four uh, actors. Other than that, I feel like this movie is not, doesn't do a service really to, black widow in terms of fleshing out her origin um it doesn't really you know tell us anything like dramatically new that we needed to know in order to send her off appropriately it doesn't make any sense as to why this came out after endgame um and i think if you're expecting some type of like big revelation that's going to carry forward beyond this movie uh you're in for disappointment um i think it looks solid but there are some definite pacing issues that also uh, hold it back. And um, yeah, I think it's easily passable. It's the most passable MCU movie I've seen in many years. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, fair to say for sure. Yeah. 
that is the end of our spoiler-free conversation. Now we're going to dive into the spoiler portion. Please do come back to us if you are leaving now because you, you want to see the movie. And if you don't care about spoilers and you, and you haven't seen it, then awesome because we're going to get into everything. Stick around. So the movie starts with uh, several minutes of flashback that show us um, you know, the four main characters in simpler times mm-hmm. starts off in Ohio and they're, you know, living as a normal family, presumably um, until they have to, you know, get into some crazy spy shit because they got to leave the country because they're being chased down. Um, what did you guys think about that opening sequence as a way to set the stage for the movie? Kale, you're hot. So there I was double fisting, uh, 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 grande Americano because they have Starbucks in the movie theaters here, which is new oh. and dope, and a large Coke. And I was nice. rocking it. I mean, I was hot. The Ohio pops up and it starts with a little girl riding a bike in a green forest. And I completely forgot what movie we were watching. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, it was necessary exposition, right, for where this movie mm-hmm. was going because we had to establish these three other characters, as Sean pointed out at the top of the episode, that are kind of our core characters. But, man, it went long, and, uh, man, I, I truly didn't feel anything about it because, again, it's the prequel thing, right, where it's like how impactful will these characters be going forward I mean, other than maybe Florence Pugh? Not at all. I mean, I, theoretically, anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, I I think I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good sequence for me. Um, because uh, towards the towards the end of it, it was like it was fun. Um, the action sequences were pretty good. I think the start of it was really slow. Um, we just kind of like starting in the forest. You these slow shots, these slow pans. I'm like, all right, like let's let's jump in. Um, and uh, it it yeah, I think it serves as a good introduction to these characters we don't get much from them but it it gives us like a little bit of dynamic um and understanding as to like oh cool like these this was a fake family oh this was you know part of an undercover ops situation so i i get where this is going and why these people are going to get affected by something later on um i I thought i did a good job at least to start the movie um i i don't know i i didn't I didn't inherently dislike it, but I, I think the pacing uh, was bad. Like that, this was the the portion of the film where I I felt the pacing uh, complaints that Sean hinted at earlier um, were the worst. Because you know it's the beginning of the movie. Like I think generally the MCU movies do a pretty good job of like starting you know where the action is right or where like the emotional um, resonance is at least. And I definitely, like, agree with Phil in terms of, I think, setting the backdrop of this and, like, what the connection these characters felt or were supposed to have felt or whatever. Like, that was important. And I think that, you know, um, to a point I believe Sean made earlier that, like, the relationships between the characters and, and those beats and, like, the performances were, like, the thing about this movie that, you know, I think... Um, has has any momentum and anything going for it and i think that the 
groundwork that's done by that original scene where it shows them as kind of a normal family and then having that kind of getting taken away from them um, was good, like, and was important for later, but, like, that sequence goes on for a really long time, and then what I actually disliked more than that was what followed it, where it was, like, the, um, you know, the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for, like, these snapshots into, you know, Natasha's life between that point and where we know her, and it's, like... sequence. Well, yeah, the title sequence, and it's the yeah. set to a, a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, and it's Ooh, the whole like song. Yeah. It's, it's long. the whole song. So you end up having like what amounts to like a five to seven minute, it feels like, preamble of like just set dressing. And like I think if it had just been the family stuff, and then it cuts to the her looking in the mirror, and it's, you know, now this is her as an adult – that works for me a lot better than a way too long title sequence that's recapping a bunch of shit that I know about. I know Black Widow's story. I've been watching the MCU. Do Marvel movies typically have opening credits like that? Am I crazy? Because I can't remember this, something like Not this. like that, no. I don't think they've done that for a long while. It's old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah I, I wondered if it was something that was coming back into into style cinematically. Maybe. Um uh, I, I thought it was like, like it's like your typical spy intro yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. It felt kind of like that trope, um, especially the imagery at some at the beginning with like the kids and it looks like you know, trafficking and shit like that. So I, I, I thought it fit the mood, but yeah, I think I think it went for a while. I think that um, that opening sequence with the family is hollow, and it it exemplifies the problems that the movie has later. Like, what did we really get out of that? That they were a family. And then later, it was that it was fake. Okay, cool, fine. But then it wasn't. But then it wasn't because they really cared about each other. And I immediately had problems with that because they're pretending to be a family within their own system. But they're not a family. And the adults know that. And uh, Natasha's old enough to know that. Um, but she's playing into it, but she's kind of distant. Like it, it was just so, it's so weird. And like, I don't get it. Like, did they really, really just want to be a family? So they, so they, they pretended or did they think they were being watched? So they had to keep it up even when they were living just, you know, in the home, like it's just odd. It, it is odd. And, and it, the fact that like, that is enough of a question that you're kind of like, that you can ask it, it does speak to the fact that it's a little messy Cause like I kind of read it as like the adults, this is an assignment, right? Like Natasha is old enough to know that it's not real, but like the relationship she has with, um, uh, with Yelena. Florence Pugh's character, what's her name? Yelena. Yeah. Uh, she, she's young enough where she doesn't know that. Right. So to her, it's real. And to Natasha, that is real. And I, and I, I get that and I vibe with that well enough. It's the, like, it's kind of like the idea that the the adults are, like, removing themselves from it and then being like, no, but I actually care. It's like, okay, like, why couldn't you just say that then? You know, like, why did we have to, like, manufacture this, you know, uh, the found family isn't a real found family, but they are. And you know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. Because it is manufactured. And the other thing to really note here is, the Red Room and the Black Widow program is all 
an allegory for like child trafficking, which is like a really heavy topic for a Marvel movie to kind of dance around. But the, at the end of the day, uh, Red Guardian and uh, uh, whatever his Melina, Melina, they are ultimately like responsible for trafficking children, and it makes it kind of fucked up the entire time you think about it. It's so ridiculous, dude. Like it's so unreal. Like when when they get to Cuba. Red Guardian basically doesn't give a shit anymore about, about any, of them. any of them. He just wants to wear his costume again. This dude is played for laughs the entire movie, but he's actually a shithead trafficker slash child abductor slash, you know, monster. Like, yeah. what the hell? He's a monster. And when he talks to the two daughters when they're growing up, sorry for fast forwarding a bit, he's talking about how proud of them he is because of how they've become elite top one percent killers and assassins and people that topple governments he's a total supervillain yeah and and I, I like that just doesn't work like you can't really do both you know like i i feel like um i feel like it's like trying to take the 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 route that works with loki where it's like loki's a villain but he's kind of not but he kind of is and like they play that so much that like you get what that character is and what he's about and it's easy to justify the moments where he's a bad person or the moments where he's not so much a bad person because it that's the character right we've come to know that over time with this it's very much like you present him like a jerk until he like feel, he's like well uh, no i remember the song that we like together and it's like that's like a sweet moment or whatever but like I don't know. Like, I, I definitely agree with you that it feels like there's like a level of dissonance between the two ways they want to portray these adult characters who, you know, should know better. There's a weird comedy scene uh, where Florence Pugh is telling David Harbour that uh, she's had all of her reproductive organs stripped out of her because of the Red Room and the Black Widow thing. And it's supposed to be played off in a joke of like a teenage or like early 20s daughter grossing out her dad by talking about like menstrual stuff. Like that's a classic family trope or whatever in sitcoms. But at the end of the day, again, it's fucked up that like this program literally ripped out her entire reproductive system. This movie was brain dead on all of those issues. So um, Loki, to, to your comparison, Pete, is a villain in a very movie sense he's a villain that you know wants to take over the world and wants to do things that human beings in real life don't contend with we don't deal with that like no one's trying to take over the world by bringing aliens from another planet down on us <laughs> and trying to subjugate us right and so you can look past it because it's not real to you but when a character is a child trafficker you can't look past that Right. Like I can't look past that. I can't just go, oh, but he's a funny guy. No, because that's a real thing that happens mm -hmm. that we're struggling with in America and in the world today in a very major way. And you don't just sweep that under the rug. The movie itself doesn't seem to be aware of what we're talking about right now, that he's yeah. bad. Yeah. Like with Melina, I get it a little bit more because she's a woman in this organization so i assume that she's under the same like control or she says that too that, 
Right, exactly. Like she's but been brought up not. in this system, right? Like for her, I feel like you. I agree with you. you. Can justify her actions a little bit by like the cycle of abuse, yeah, right? Like exactly. this is the only life I've ever known. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But I think to your he, point, like not. Red Guardian, no, he like comes off as a as like a glory hog. You know, like just like just an asshole. You know. Um, oh, he, he seems like he performs all the evils that were performed uh, in this program with pleasure. You know, they talked about he was good friends with the fucking Harvey Weinstein allegory guy. Yeah, it, it's like an indoctrination sort See, of situation. See, that's a thing, though, too, though. And this is this is a, a, a it speaks to the fact that I don't think the movie was clear enough. They say that, but then he denies that. You know, he basically says he's like, ah, I was literally just, you know, I, I he muscle. Told, yeah, I was muscle. I, I he indoctrinated me into believing that the party was good and that, you know, the goals of, of, you know, the Soviet Union and communism were right and I was behind the party and I felt that the ends justified the means. And, like, that's how they try to... Um, hand wa- like hand wave it away? Yeah, and, and yeah. I don't even think hand wave it, but, like, wash his hands and say, like, yes, he was complicit in bad shit, but he's not a bad person, right? And... I think that's fine, right? Like, you can justify a certain level of that kind of action through those kinds of dialogues about a character, right? And saying, like, well, this is how they ended up here, and they didn't know this, and they didn't know that, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, they don't do enough of that legwork for him. And, like, his big moment where he's like, I'm going to own up to all the bad things that I did gets played for comedy and, and gets under uh, undercut. And I think that doesn't help that character coming off the way they want him to come off, you know? Also, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he's not like, yeah, we got to take down the Red Room. Like, they they get captured, and then they take down the Red Room because they are escaping and black widow and melina want to bring down this whole organization he's just along for the ride yeah he agrees to help them yeah doesn't he take them to melina yeah this caveat that they're gonna take down the red room or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah but like yeah i i get what you're saying though sean i think again it's to me it's less like a issue of um this character's intentions weren't clear versus like they didn't make them explicitly clear right like it's not like um there there's because of the things that we know this character has done the bad things that he's done i think you need to make where he stands now very clear uh when it comes to the no no that those are moments that shouldn't have been played for humor and if you want to play one of them for humor fine you know um because i think even in the example that you made phil about like um uh and I keep forgetting her name, Florence Pugh's character. Um, Melina, thank you. Uh, one more time? Yelena. Yelena, got Rachel it. Rachel Wise is Melina. Got it, okay. Uh, her character making light of like what she'd been through, um, I think there's an argument to be made that like that's fine because like, ca- like people deal with trauma in different ways, right? Like People joke about their trauma um, as a means to, you know, control the way that it makes them feel like i think that there are things like that that in a in a vacuum are fine but it's contextualized among all of these jokes where it's like you just every time you raise like a major issue you kind of just skirt by it you know um and i don't i don't think that that does a service to to either the issues that the film 
brings up and purports to want to contend with or to the characters who were, you know, were supposed to, um, to like root for and feel things about, you know, yeah, you were about to jump in. I mean, it's not super relevant anymore. I, my, the, the red guardians motivation to me was he wanted to get back at the, the bad guy. And that was it. Yeah. He took and him out of the field. Perhaps it was motivated as uh, in in the interest of re- restoring his glory or whatever. There's a, there's a definitely like a, a degree of like uh, this man's been in jail for 20 plus years and he doesn't really quite fit in his suit anymore. And he's trying, you know, he gets this action figure from his daughters and cell and he keeps playing with it because, you know, he used to be somebody. He used to be the Soviet Captain America. Real quick, did you guys pick up on that that nod to Falcon Winter Soldier? So there's two mentions of him fighting Captain America. Uh, and the first time, he's like, oh, I fought him in the 80s or whatever. And that guy's like, Captain America wasn't unfrozen then, right? And then when he asks Black Widow about it, he brings up the fact that they had fought um, in, like, Soviet-controlled territory or whatever. Isaiah Bradley uh, tells that story in Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm, right yes yeah Yeah. that's true i thought that was interesting um one thing i wanted to respond to pete about the i think you're right that the jokes maybe well i I guess i would disagree that you you know we we you can't make light of those situations however kind of fucked up it it might be in the larger context i think it would have been better if some of them had landed more um because i do think that there was an issue with the the delivery on some of these jokes um david harbour was you know his his whole thing was like a a more bumbling character but i don't think he delivered them with like good uh i don't think there was a good delivery there um and the same with Ilina. i i don't think she was particularly uh like energetic about some of these moments Melina or Yelena? Yelena. Oh, I really liked her character, actually. I thought Florence just did a good jokes. job. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the delivery of the jokes. Like, I don't think that they were they were done well. And because of that, I feel like it, it, they're a little more open to, to that criticism. Um, so, yeah. One thing I do want to give praise to, one of the things I, I think stood out in a positive light in this movie um, is when we finally get all four of these characters together for, for their interactions at, at Elena's house for dinner and everything, and they had this incredibly dysfunctional family dinner and stuff. This gave all four actors and characters the opportunity to really pop with each other. Like They all play off one another in a way that's dynamic, and it's uh, it's compelling, at least. I agree. I, I said earlier that the strength of the movie is in their the four of them, uh, the the actors themselves and their chemistry with each other. And I think that that is true. Um, I think Florence Pugh does a tremendous job. I had never seen her before this movie in terms of like, I don't think I saw anything she was in. And she killed it. I just saw Midsummer like a week ago for the first time. And I was like, oh, she's a great actress. And then I saw her in this totally different character, totally different type of of performance and I was really impressed by her. She is able to balance the serious vulnerable moments with the, you know, fun moments really well. The biggest pop for me 
comedy wise, I think, was when she was making fun of her sister for her posing and like saying like, oh, you're doing that like there's someone watching you. And that's a, a bit of a, a cheeky meta joke. Um, but it's also like a little bit of a commentary about the way the character's been used in the past. So I thought I thought that was a really great sequence, but played well, acted well by uh, Florence. I thought it was really funny later when she does it herself and then she's just yeah. like, ugh, gross. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked her. Um, I, I, she had like a very dry delivery for a lot of her, her, her jokes. And I, I yeah. dug that. I thought that that played well. Um, like the, um, the, the thing, like the first time where like, they're about to die and she's like, oh, this would be a pretty cool way to die. I was like, ah, whatever. But when it came back later and she's like, this would be a much less cool way to die. I, I gotta, I gotta kick out of that just cause of like how dead faced her delivery is for it. So I like Florence Pugh a lot. Midsummer is a great movie. I wasn't crazy about her performance or really anyone's performance in this movie beyond the scenes I, I mentioned earlier at the family gathering because I felt everyone was really wooden and maybe that's by design because they're doing like the Russian thing, but every delivery of a line was super flat to me and it really disengaged me and a lot of points in the movie and it really uh, frustrated me. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I thought that um, everyone felt really stiff, um, and and maybe this was like particularly on for uh, David Harbor and and Melina's character. Like they they felt particularly um, almost like uncomfortable with some of the the dialogue. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely can see it. I can see how you could how you could feel that way for sure. Um, I, I, before we get too far away from this, I really want to make this point because I think it's important. Hmm. This movie is dealing with some heavy shit and it's dealing with, you know, trafficking in a major way, but it's also dealing with the general misogyny that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the way that it's approached to know how it's flawed you just have to juxtapose it with Black Panther. So in this movie, the, 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 the angle about misogyny is treated jokingly a lot. Um, we talked about Red Guardian and we talked about how he is a perpetrator of trafficking and, you know, the, the, the general, like, you know, hold, holding down of, of women, you know, um, He's not a hero in, in, in that aspect, but he's a joke and his actions are a joke um, a lot, frequently. What was done to Yelena is a joke. Pete mentioned that, you know, you could real humans use their own situations for laughs. And that's certainly true. Um, and I don't think that you can't do that by any stretch, but compare that to the way that for those people, similarly, um, you know, difficult conversations were dealt with in Black Panther. At what point in the movie do they joke about Killmonger's experience in America? Right. Never. At what point in the movie do they joke about his father dying? At what point in the movie do they joke about the, the, the plight of Black people across the world outside of Wakanda? Never. The only time that they joke about race in any way is when they dunk on 
um uh i can't remember his name martin uh, freeman martin freeman <laughs> oh yeah call him a colonizer and things like that yeah that's it every other time that a conversation is brought up that could potentially be heavy is treated like that and that tells you the audience this is serious this matters and i feel like this movie does not treat its subject matter like that when it tries it's so blunt that it has no subtext and it doesn't do anything to deliver the message in a way that's like palatable um when when they're dealing with the you know the main villain um uh drakov and he tells he tells black widow I, you know, I control the only resource that the world has too much of, uh, young girls or whatever the hell he said. Yeah. The fuck are you talking about? That's that's so dumb it's and ridiculous. Clunky. It's like that's the thing is like it, it it's so fucking like this is movie dialogue. Yes, you know, so that we can have him say this while we're showing pictures of a bunch of young girls to like feel like we're talking about something but we're not really saying anything about it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a sledgehammer. It's a sledgehammer approach, and I don't think it's effective. There was that's not an attempt at a real dialogue. Killmonger and Black Panther had some real conversations, and it led to material change in that world specifically that felt validating and valuable for Black people all, all across the country. The way that that issue was addressed in this movie is piss poor and like i'm not a woman but i watched it with my girlfriend and she said this shit before i did she was like what she was like how is this supposed to make me feel better how is this supposed to be an act actually addressing this issue this shit was was it was lame the way they touched on that stuff i think uh i think what frustrates me about it too right is um and like you said, I think I think this movie really falls apart when you compare it to Black Panther. Um, but when you think about when you think about how um, the resolution of what happens in Black Panther, right, is not that there is um, some something, some fictional thing that you can hand wave away um, that caused the conflict, right? The idea that you know, like, yeah, sure, in an indirect way, uh, it's it's King T'Chaka who kind of creates this, he, he creates the situation that creates Killmonger, right? But the real thing that creates Killmonger is that he's radicalized by America, you know? Um, and that's, that's a real thing. And the way that T'Challa responds to that is in a real way, right? Is to, like, try to... Um, address this societal issue at the root so that another kid like Killmonger is never created, right? The the way that Black Widow, you know, contends with the same issue, right? A, a real-world issue of the fact that trafficking, human trafficking is, is a huge problem and that, you know, young women all over the world are, are taken advantage of in that way. Right. And it and it puts it all on the shoulders of of a supervillain, you know, of a of a, uh, a a fictional force that can be punched in the face, you know, that she can defeat and 
you know, the takeaway is, ah, yeah, she's going to go back to her old life and, you know, Florence Pugh and, and you know, the, the other people are going to go and, and save everybody who's still on the grid and, you know, oh, the problem's over, right? Like, it's dealt with. Um, but it's not, right? The, 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 the issue of, of young women being a, a resource that is, is, you know, uh, being misused by evil people isn't addressed. It's not better. It's not uh, the actions that have been taken by our heroes, you know, quote unquote, um, won't solve that problem and, and aren't really even trying to. Um, but it presents it as if it's a solution and missions, mission accomplished, you know? Um, and that sucks like that, that does like undercut, um, the, the, the larger point that I feel like it wants to make, but it reminds me a lot of the criticisms, um, that we and a lot of other people lobbed at like Wonder Woman, right? Where it's like, you can't punch war in the face, but you can actually, don't worry about it. Punch him in the face. It's over. That's not how (laughs) you can't, you can't tie real-world social social issues to things like that and then just, like, you know, ah, they're wiped out. It's over. We're good. No more trafficking. Uh, it's funny because I, 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 I viewed this movie as so service level that, like, the um, the conversation here wasn't even something that, like, crossed my mind because I'm like, oh, they this wasn't an attempt. This was just, like, an allusion to it and, like, you understand what that means and what that is. And we're just going to roll with that from here. So uh, I, I think to the point being made of it, like not being effective, I didn't even think it was something that they were talking about. I, can, I think you're kind of right, though, Marco. I think it is very surface level because I think all the stuff that's played off for humor is deliberate because it's like we're not actually tackling this stuff. Yeah. We're just and, dancing and around it. I really want to move on, but I will say that's fine if they didn't if the plot and the characters weren't haunted by these real world things Mm -hmm. that are real to them yep if they were just dealing with the red room and like they weren't talking about oh the the commodity that the world has too much of girls and all this extra stupid stuff like if it if none of that was there okay cool um, but they put it in there and then they said, oh, but it's not there. And that's that's frustrating. But I do want to move on because there's there's other stuff to talk about in this movie. Um, I want to talk about some of the action sequences, particularly as it relates to uh, some of the stuff we saw between um, Black Widow and Taskmaster, because that starts up really early. Um, mm-hmm. So. My comparison, and I, I'm gonna out, out front. I think Taskmaster sucked. I really? Think, yeah, I think yeah. Taskmaster sucked. So the the character Taskmaster that we know from the comics is a character who has he's a real human, although not ser- someone who um, we really know a lot about in terms of who he is. But he's a guy who basically, if he sees someone do something, he can do that too. Um, like Captain America throws his shield really well, Taskmaster will be able to do that. It doesn't mean that if he sees Fing Fan Foom, he'll turn into a dragon. Um, (laughs) He's a very good fighter because of that. So I understand why the Taskmaster character would be a good physical foe for Black Widow. 
But they take that character, the funniness of him and all that extra stuff, the mercenary aspect, strip him for parts and create a new character in this movie that they make into Taskmaster. I don't like that. But I'll put that aside for the sake of this conversation. Compare the portrayal, the the presence of Taskmaster in this movie to Winter Soldier, right? Winter Mm -hmm. Soldier in that movie is like the Terminator, a true menace, a force of nature that you can't just, you can't fight him. Like he's too much. He's presented as serious and scary and monstrous and everyone runs from him. In this movie, Taskmaster stands around more than she fights. And, like, when she does fight, like, she fucks shit up. But it's not, like, that big a deal. Because, like, when you think about it, right, like, one of the big fights is between her and, and Red Guardian. And, like, we were talking before about, like, Red Guardian's, like, an old, out-of-shape dude who, like, yeah, he's still got superpowers and he's still really strong and everything. But, like, he couldn't even, like, run and jump up to that second level when they needed him to, right? Like, yeah. And, like, that's fine, but, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, she's the big bad, and it's, like, she's not actually the big bad, though. She's a goon for the big bad who's a character who has, like, two fucking lines of dialogue, you know? Um, And, like, you know, it's funny because we've talked about how they've kind of done this with other characters in the past. They've taken, like, a character and, like, boiled them down and made them into something new. Um, And sometimes that works. Like, I'm sorry? Some kind of composite character, basically. Yeah, right. And, like, we we talked about, like, how they did that with, like, Ghost in, in, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, like, you know, I might be speaking out of turn to say this. I don't really feel like anyone gives a shit about Ghost. I didn't really know Ghost that well before that. Taskmaster is a really cool and I'd say, like, fairly iconic villain. You know, like, he has a really, like... I think he has a really iconic look at the very least, you know, the skull face, the hood, you know, like he's got the sword, he's got the shield, he's got the bow, like all those kinds of things. Like he stands out and that character, you know, um, portrayed by, uh, you know, an actor who is like good at being like the sarcastic smarmy villain who's funny but then they're really scary and like the i think that that presence in this film would have been really helpful Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. rather than just a goon you know and it sucks because i think taskmaster's powers are super fucking cool and the moment of like you know uh natasha fighting them and then it's like oh shit like they're fighting like cap they're fighting like me like that's really cool, and it feels like it. It's really underutilized, you know. Um, it's it's not nearly as uh, as as well explored as it could be. And like even with little shit, where it's like there's the moment where like she goes to fight Red Guardian and she pulls out the Black Panther claws, but then we don't see her do a bunch of Black Panther stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm. like even some of that stuff feels like it's you're teasing, you're hinting at it, you're you know whatever. Then rather than actually going for it. Like that, that would have been a good a good moment to bring up, and maybe even joke about the poses because there are kind of uh, there are iconic poses from each of these characters that mm-hmm. um, you could you could play and be like, oh look, now he's doing whatever. But you know, Taskmaster was just fighting, and every once in a while you see, oh, she threw the shield. I get it. Um, 
I think personality would have been very welcomed in this movie. I'm 100% with you there, P. I will say with Taskmaster in this movie, it's kind of a tale of two arcs, like two halves in a way. I think the character's introduction was very effective. I thought she, you know, radiated that winter soldier quality when they when she confronts uh, Natasha on the bridge. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best fight scene in the movie in general. It was stylish, it was well choreographed, and it didn't feel long and drawn out like many of the other fights in this movie did. And when you find out that she is basically uh, the Harvey Weinstein analog's daughter and you see her take off the mask, I think that was a very... I think that was a really impressive scene because she looked scary. She looked intimidating. And there was a lot of, it felt like there was a lot of weight to that scene, but everything after that, and even the stuff in, like right before that took all the steam away from that. It, it really lost all of its impact. And one other thing I'll say is the character's look definitely felt like it was doing the Fox thing of like, we are ashamed. Of how this goofy, down. Yeah. Ashamed how, how silly taskmaster may look on the pages and we have to strip all that personality and character from that character's goofy costume for something that uh, feels a little more generic, which is weird to me. Cause like red skull worked. It's like the same look. Well, I think in this particular case with taskmaster, they did it because it's not the, it's not the same character. Yeah. Right. Um, t- to present taskmaster, the traditional way would really only work for the traditional version of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is of course not that, um, I don't know why you couldn't though. Why couldn't you just make him a mercenary who the guy paid? Well, you could do that, but I'm saying like they didn't want to, so they couldn't right. show they couldn't use that costume. Wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't um, know. That that definitely like bugged me. And I also something I found myself really bothered by was like I felt like the foreshadowing um of the fact that Taskmaster was what's his name's daughter was like so broadcasted that it was like mm-hmm. they're like because there's literally a line where um Yelena's like oh like don't don't forget about his daughter right which is her saying like you killed his daughter and we don't know that yet but then it cuts to Taskmaster and I'm like so that's his daughter then yeah got it <laughs> so my theory yeah. if you guys will recall two years ago was that that was a clone of uh, Natasha. Yeah, yeah. that would have been and way so cooler. When <laughs> the helmet came off and they showed the braid, I was like, oh shit, I was right? That was so random what I said. And then it wasn't. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, but I knew it had to be a woman. There was no way that that was a man because it seemed like they were going out of their way to like do the thing of like, this could be a man, it could be a woman. You haven't seen the face of who this, what actor is playing this character. So, yeah. Um, and every time they do that in the MCU, it's because it's like, you thought this wasn't a woman, huh? And it's like, no, I I kind of did, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you told me it was his daughter. I, I think what they were going for made sense for the movie, right? They wanted another victim, you know. The, sure, yes. That kind of thing. It, it was all tied together to the plot. Very like It did what it was supposed to do. How good of a job it did, that's an entirely other matter that's the thing is yeah i don't feel like it did what it was supposed to do because like i also feel like it exists to like to to create emotional turmoil for for natasha and everything but it's like i don't know like i just don't feel like it does a good enough job because it's very much like 
I'm not that person anymore, but the last thing that I did before I defected was this job, and that's not that long ago, and she definitely killed a kid for, like, seemingly no reason, and they, like, want you to be, like, remember that she did bad things, but she's good now. But it's like, I don't know, like, it, it feels like, it feels like a really recent thing to be like, here's some child's blood on her hands, and I guess she did it for the greater good or whatever. And it's like, they don't even really like, like, she says sorry, but like, they don't yeah. really try to have her grapple with the fact that that is a thing that she did, you it's know? And like, and the movie makes a joke about how, oh, you're, you and I aren't any different. You're just the murderer that little girls look up to. And then, and then the movie's like, yes. <laughs> okay it, like it, it's odd because it really drills home the fact that shield is like a paramilitary arm of the united states and this is like a grant morrison criticism of like mcu stuff and like the stuff that's been influenced by the mcu and the marvel comics is that like a lot of the stuff is like this post-industrial military complex of marvel superheroes it's really weird because she defects joins shield and kills a kid and to prove her like loyalty or whatever and that's like a very u.s foreign policy thing and it's weird that they kind of they, they you know they never go too far into it but it's always implied and i mean like that's fine with some of those characters like black widow's a spy like she should work for an organization like that like i it's just the fact that like it's weird that it's romanticized in this movie i don't think it is and and i think that's sean made this point in the falcon winter soldier uh rev, one of the reviews we did there where it's like i think a lot of times people say that it's like oh the the mcu is like overtly pro-military or something like that and like i don't think that it's that simple i i, I believe you said it this way sean and correct me if i'm wrong but i think you said that they generally glow like they uh, will glorify the people, not the institutions, right? It's like the sacrifices that people in those organizations make rather than saying that the, you know, the organization is good, right? Yeah. Let me rephrase what I'm trying to say. I, I don't think the movie itself romanticizes it. It's weird when it's stripped out as like a product for like kids to buy. Cause that's the part that's like romanticized, like buy your serial killer, uh, buy your assassin, uh, black widow figure who you know is responsible for like terrorist actions or whatever and, and i mean you you could get but you could get so deep into that dude like yeah. almost none of these characters in any of their versions are for kids if you look at it like that mm -hmm. should kids buy tony stark fucking toys this dude started his career in any version you look at as a uh, a seller of weapons and he was had an alcohol problem and he's a misogynist and 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 but yeah. i love iron man and i buy the toys and i bought them when i was a kid i mean we got to get over shit like that. but because i think that's the thing though right is i i don't think and i'm glad you brought up iron man because i think that serves to to the point that i'm driving to right which is that i don't really think it's a problem that this movie wants to remind you that black widow has killed people who were innocent that's okay it's the fact that the movie sets up a really perfect opportunity between her, between uh, Red Guardian, between Melina to have a conversation about the cycle of abuse, right? Or like about uh, being indoctrinated, right? To, a, to a, a, a dangerous political ideology or any of those things. Um, they set it up. They put all the pieces on the board. They, they 
they give you everything you need to provide some kind of commentary there to say, right, that like it's not the victim's fault, right? Like if you were abused, if you were indoctrinated, if you were whatever, and that was used to to perpetuate harm, like that's not you, right? That's That was the Winter Soldier narrative. That's the narrative that Bucky went through on on Falcon Winter Soldier, and it worked there, right? You could have done that same thing here and had it be like a, you know, like let's talk about the fact that Black Widow you know, uh, abandoned her sister, right? And because she needed to get away from that old life. Like, there are so many of these things that they bring up and have the characters say to each other, but then don't follow through on any way to allow for, like, growth or for them to, you know, acknowledge that uh, that good people do bad things or that people aren't black and white and that it's like we all have shades of gray and that it's about the choices that you make and you know blah blah as soon as Natasha had choices to be made she became a hero and all these things they're all implied it's all left there for you to poke at it and you know and say like oh the film suggests this but it doesn't actually want to engage with any of those topics in a meaningful way. And when you look at how many of the other movies in the MCU have been willing to do that with something, it, it's frustrating. Because there's stuff here. There's stuff here to build on. They just don't really feel interested in building on it. And maybe because the character's dead and there's nowhere to go from here. <laughs> well, let's let's shift gears. Uh, I feel like we've been on this topic for a while. So... Um... I want to talk about the Red Room. The Red Room is presented in a way that feels very different from how it's shown briefly in um, prior movies. I think we see it in Age of Ultron. We see glimpses of the Red Room. And it's not presented as a space station or, you know, a, a ship in the sky that had, you know, shield energy. It felt like they, they took a shield helicarrier and repurposed it for evil. Um, I really didn't like that. I didn't like that whole convention. First of all, because, uh, you know, something falling out of the sky and being dangerous is a really common thing in the MCU. Um, and also, every time you take a grounded situation and you elevate it, literally, um, or, or, or not, um, I think it I think it under, undercuts the reality of what we're dealing with. And I don't think that the Red Room being some space station or, you know, um, whatever, I don't think that that added anything of value to it at all. Um, I think it was done to set up the end where they where they bring it down um, and to give them something literal, like we're taking down misogyny. Um and I, I don't think that that really added anything. I actually feel like the that part of the movie where they're bringing down the the Red Room station was probably the lamest part, frankly. I really didn't get anything out of that. I feel like I've seen it like already, not only in the MCU, but in countless other action movies. Yeah, and that climax scene is drawn out. It is long. That's the worst dialogue in the movie, too. You know? Um, that... There's just like a lot of like clunky, hammy kind of stuff there. I will say I did like um, I did like the way that they uh, 
played the whole way that Natasha plays the bad guy at the end. Like, that was, like, a neat thing. But I was so, like, I don't know, lukewarm on, on the overall actual, like, conflict at that point that it was, like, that is a thing I think I would have popped for more um, if it had been played a little bit differently because I really like how she, like, fakes him out and everything and then does the whole thank you for your cooperation, you know, like, I, I, I dig that. I dig her um, playing people with her skill set in that way, but it's so frustrating that it's, like, on the other end of all this dialogue that was, like, really taking me out of the conflict, you know? That was the most frustrated I was in the entire movie. I thought that was so unbelievably bad. Where, first of all, he has the dumbest power of any character in the MCU. <laughs> oh, my pheromones make it so that you can't harm me. Okay. He's injecting uh, them with with pheromones, Sean. <laughs> it was his pheromones. Yeah, and it was the, what's her name? I explained him that, like, he set it up so that all the widows have yeah. that. So that yeah. they can't hurt him or whatever. It's like, okay, whatever. And then she breaks her nose or breaks her yeah. her whatever, her nerves, so that she could so that she what can't smell, so that it's not like that was so I, I was shocked. I could I genuinely could not believe that that made it into a movie made by Marvel in 2021. I I, I was blown away. That was I, bad. I dug it. What? I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. She got to break her nose now. And then that's why she was leading him on. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I, that dialogue aside, I, I thought the situation was interesting. That's where I'm at, Marco. We're like, I feel like I would like it more if it was, if it was part of a, of a conflict that felt like it made more sense or sure. had heat, you know? So yeah. her breaking her nose. So she can't smell. For you guys. So she can't smell. Because yeah. autom- that automatically works. Well, that's his whole thing. That's the thing is, I agree with you that it's a stupid, it's a stupid concept. <laughs> but I'm with Marco that I like the fact that like the way that she gains the upper hand in this situation is by like being smart and like right. and playing a situation. Like I like that element of it. But I I agree with you that the the nose thing with the pheromones is stupid. Nah, I dug the nose thing too. Oh God, Kale, please help me. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid because she's been sitting there smelling him that whole time. So why would her breaking that nerve or breaking her nose or whatever the fuck? Why would anymore. that? Because then it stops. That's how that's how smell and pheromones work. The instant yeah. you I'm can't sorry. smell it, are you guys ear, nose, and throat doctors? What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been better if she never touches him. Why did they even need that? Why did she need to put her hands on him? Let let her get the victory without her physicality. Yeah. You they added something completely stupid for no reason. I I will say I wanted to see that guy eat a lot of shit. He fucking sucked. I wanted her to fucking fuck his shit up. Yeah, yeah. you know who should have beat his ass? Red Guardian. Why? Because men need to step up in situations like that. Oh, Black Widow, the Widows can't harm you? I can. I'm going to throw you out this fucking thing. I'm going to throw you to Earth. You're going to splat on the ground. Oh, that would have gotten so much... That would have gotten a lot of hate. Why? We're always talking about about the need for allies. This is a guy who personally was affected. He needs to redeem himself. They can't harm him. Let's get it in. I don't get it. This is a Black Widow movie. 
put with a female lead role in, a, oh. in, a, in an industry where there's not a lot of big action movies with female led uh, roles. And the person who beats the big bad guy is an old white guy. Oh, she, are you kidding me? That would have gotten so much beat hate. him either. Yeah, he died true. in an explosion. <laughs> that's she, He sure did. Yeah. They, they, no <laughs> that's one that's the thing him. is he wouldn't have even need to have like heroically beat him. Like, you know, he could have just shown up and been like, bam, punch him in the face and then be like, do your thing. Like, you finished the job now, you know? Like, <laughs> I think there's a way the, you could leverage him in a way where he's still the supporting player in that moment. You to know? me, the victory of that scene is not beating him up. The victory in that scene is Black Widow destroying the data. Yeah. So when she does that, that's it. The beating is the icing on the cake, and it doesn't... They they twisted themselves into knots to give her the ability to do that especially because immediately afterwards they have her have her big fight big fight it ends in like two seconds with taskmaster you could have still had it end with her having the big heroic fight speaking of taskmaster uh wasn't it awkward how long they took to get back to the fight between her and red guardian yes (laughs) because like it took away all the heat from it too yeah, that was crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, they're still fighting. <laughs> they still, they, they show that Red Guardian and uh, Taskmaster are about to start fighting. They do their poses or whatever. And then it cuts away to a long scene with Black Widow and Drakov. And then it also shows Florence Pugh and what she's doing and what Melina's doing as well. And after several minutes, they get back to Red Guardian and Taskmaster. And I was like, what the hell? That's funny. I didn't even notice. You know, it was the thing that fucked me up more than anything was there's the part where um, (laughs) where Red Guardian figures out that Black Widow is actually Melina. And then he's like, why don't I have an earpiece? And she goes, it wasn't part of the plan. And then they have a flashback to show that they only had one earpiece. And it's like, oh, put it in what's her... And I was like, why did that just happen? I don't yeah. think there's ever been a flashback like that in any MCU movie. And it's the only one that happens in the whole movie. And I was like, this is super disorienting. Like, mm. where are we right now in terms of time? <laughs> it yeah. was super odd. I don't I don't think that the movie is like, I don't know. I think it's one of the worst MCU films. I think it's bottom tier as well. Yeah, I, I really do. I don't know. I, I I think I don't quite just because like, I don't know. Like when, when, when Kale walked out of it and was like, it's fine. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I definitely think it's a movie that's worse. The more that you like scrutinize it and try to pick it apart. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, I don't know. Like when, when I compare it to, um, some of the lesser movies like those movies don't i don't know like the 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 fact that like you can say that oh okay well like the cast has some chemistry and some of the action sequences are okay you know and it's like yeah like it's 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 fine like would i say that it's a good movie no but i don't think that like i don't think that the um the ways in which it is lesser are enough to knock it like to like Thor dark world levels for me. Um, but I don't know. I, I also t- don't feel strongly enough about that to like disagree. You know, the fact that you feel that way is not super surprising to me. 
I really hate it when things try to be smart and, you know, serious and tackle things that matter to people and then fumble it. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. But not like it, it does. It almost doesn't even feel like a fumble because it's like they didn't try. They just in, they just introduced it and said, OK, sit with this. Like imagine imagine being a person who, you know, is affected by the themes that the movie addresses and then you hear Yelena Belova and Red Guardian's conversation where she talks about how she doesn't have any reproductive systems and it's a joke now juxtapose that with the real serious conversations that Black Panther had about you know black people how are you supposed to feel I don't get it like this felt like it had more of an opportunity to be an empowerment moment for women than captain marvel by far because black widow's a real fucking person right in the sense that she's not super powered she can't just fly into space and punch things you know and she has this dark tragic backstory that was a joke at the end of the day for me that's offensive more than it is just bad i don't know that the movie was bad but and i'm not saying i'm personally offended but i certainly see how people could take offense to the flippancy yeah. with which the movie treats its situations. And I don't think that you can drown all that out in just big action, um, which by the way, I don't think the action was particularly good either. I yeah. think that everything this movie does, it does at the bottom tier of MCU films. And so for me, that's a bottom tier MCU film. That's Beyond, fair to say. Yeah. Beyond the first action scene, everything was long drawn out and I found myself spacing out in a way I don't really do during MCU movies. Mm-hmm. This movie's about what two hours and ten minutes, and I really honestly felt like it could have been like an hour forty. Yeah. I thought it was that. That I think is probably one of the biggest uh, just technical criticisms that I would lob at it. Um, is that like it does not justify its length? Um, no. It's way long for what is overall a pretty simple story. Um, yeah, I don't know. One other thing. So, like, fundamentally, when you have fight scenes, like, you got to care about the characters in the conflict, like, deeply. Like, a big reason the Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader thing works is because, like, those movies do such a great job of getting you invested in those characters' conflict. Um, at the end of the day, I could not distance myself from the fact that Natasha Romanoff is dead. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yep. There was a moment towards the end where I was like, oh, I don't remember exactly what was happening, but it was, she was kind of in danger. And I was like, oh, man, you know, this is crazy. And then I snapped back and I was like, oh, she's already dead. This is not going to she's not going to die here. Yeah, because I could see a scenario where maybe she dies and then Florence Pugh takes over the mantle and that becomes a part of the MCU story going forward. Had this movie taken place in Civil after civil war that probably doesn't happen but if it does if it if it comes out in 2017 you can have that in your mind and it's realistic whereas here it's not it's like i don't care that said i i have to imagine florence Pugh becomes black widow in future big yeah. marvel things yeah i think so without question and, yeah. and i do want to address that too real quick we do need to end this but um the after credit scene uh features oh, yeah. uh florence Pugh's yelena going to uh, Natasha's grave and she's met there by uh, what's her name Phil? 
Oh boy, I already forgot. Uh, Come on, you got it. Uh, the the Countess. Uh, fuck, I don't got it. I truly don't got it. We watched when we talked about Falcon Winter Soldier. That was fresh. The Countess the Julia, Julia Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah, you got it. Madam Hydra. Madam uh, Elaine Bennis. <laughs> That's pretty good. Cool. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Thank you. Uh, and that obviously got a huge pop for me, and I'm sure anyone who watched Falcon Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Um, interestingly, my crowd, um, which was uh, objectively a terrible crowd to see a movie with, but they, a lot of people didn't know who that was. The reaction wasn't terribly visceral. Fucking casuals. Um, so she recruits, she has recruited uh, Yelena into her organization. Mm-hmm. And clearly she's putting together what they will call um, either the Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts. More likely they call it Thunderbolts just because Dark Avengers is a little cheesy. But um, yeah, she's got a uh, US agent and she's got a Black Widow. Yep. And, and she's uh, probably going to have a Hulk. And, and Sharon. Wait, a Hulk? No, Sharon. Probably going to be Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross, yeah. yeah. Red uh, Hulk. Sharon Carter's doing her own thing. She's probably a scroll. I thought, oh, right. Nice. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, um, dude, they keep showing Thunderbolt Ross, and I'm like, can we, can you inject this motherfucker with some stuff already and turn him into Rulk? Let's, let, let's fucking go. Now he's had some bypass surgeries and stuff. Like, they're clearly going to go down the road of, like, he's going to inject himself to fix his body, and it's going to turn him into a Red Hulk, and he's going to, you know, whatever. I've been waiting um, for years. This was an okay post credit scene. Uh, certainly not what I thought we would be getting after such a long break. Obviously, they didn't intend the break to be this long. But right. even if you, even if the break is the one year that it was supposed to be, this still doesn't feel like much. Mm-hmm. But it shows the most amount of synergy with their television products. Yeah. Yeah, which I liked. That got a pop out of me. The fact that it was like actually acknowledging something that happened on the the D plus shows, but also and I I think it's a lead like, in. I'm sorry. The lead in a Hawkeye too. Right. Yeah, which is good. Mm. Um, and I think with that context, I feel like I feel like it's the only post credit scene that makes sense because like with this being this Black Widow movie coming at this time, like the only character from this film who will seemingly be a major player moving forward is going to be Yelena. Um, so obviously it's setting up where she goes next. But it also connects back to Clint, who is the character who's closest to Na- Natasha. You know, um, My question is, you know, uh, Sean, you laid out the, the Thunderbolts theory, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, my question is, like, does her conflict with, with Hawkeye land her on the on the good side again after that well a it would make a lot of sense because you know hawkeye is a part of what saved black widow right um so for him to save her sister now and maybe would be, maybe his daughter saves her this time well the other angle that i wanted to point out is that you know hawkeye is training a girl to become a thing that he wants for her, which is remi- reminded me of the Red Room. Yelena might be more ready to kill Hawkeye because he feels like he's indoctrinating this girl into a life that she shouldn't have. 
similar to what she feels she might That's feel under her. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you didn't see the movie, you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Madam Hydra comes and meets with Yelena and tells her, here's Hawkeye. This guy killed your sister. Uh, go kill him for me. Um, so that's a lead into the Hawkeye Disney Plus show, presumably. Um, all right. So final thoughts before we close out, if you want to give it a rating. It ultimately was, I said at the top, it's fine. I think it's totally forgettable. Uh, I do think it's at the bottom tier of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If I had to put a, a, a grade attached to it, uh, I mean, it's like between a 6.5 and a 7. Uh, I'll give it, I'll, I'll be more specific. I'll, I'll say it's a six and a half. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably give it a seven. It's run of the mill, nothing stand out and nothing that I think really drew me in. I wasn't at the edge of my seat in a lot of these situations. And so, uh, yeah. Will it entertain somebody? Maybe did it entertain me? Meh, so much. Yeah, I'd say I, I am pretty similarly aligned there. I think it's like a middling six probably um, is, is a fair number. I think it's like slightly below average in terms of, you know, like when we talk about the middling MCU movies, it's definitely closer to the bottom half um, for me than, than the middle of the pack. Um, but I don't I don't think that it's like, I don't know. I think it's so simple and it's so basic that like it makes it a little easier to get through it. And like, I think if you're not looking to engage with it on a deep level, um, I could, I could see enjoying it as like a popcorn movie for sure. But like, I definitely agree with Phil that I think it's, it's arguably among the most forgettable, um, of the Marvel movies. It's probably the easiest one for you to just outright skip and not actually miss out on anything at all. Um, except for the fact that at some point you'll meet Florence Pugh and be like, who's that? And you'll be like, that's Black Widow's sister. And you'll be like, got it. Okay. Got it. (laughs) And that's really all that matters, you know? Um, And I knew that going into this movie is that ultimately there's very little it can do to quote unquote matter. And I think when you talk about the MCU movies, um, so much of the experience is about what quote unquote matters, right? So really for this movie to be, uh, worthwhile it needed to be like pretty exceptional as an experience it needed to be uh, memorable and fun and and have characters that you lo- loved and wanted to root for and everything and it has some of those things um, t- t- to some degree in every category but I don't think that any of those things are successful enough to make it stand out among you know um it's it's peers and all of the films that have preceded it and all the movies that are going to come after it. Oh, that was good. It was fine. I give it a five and a half. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm there with you. Sorry, go ahead. Watchable, very surface level. I think I probably watched it the same as Marco. And to be honest, I had I very clearly didn't have the time that you guys did. I had a fine time. I guess I, maybe I was just happy to be there. But what double fisting that coffee and soda. Yeah. What, what did Jess think about it? Just real quick. Uh, I think she liked it similar to the way I did. I think she still had a lot of problems with it. Um, but I don't know that we got to the uh, 
the level of analysis that you guys did. Um, she was very much on the on the train of. Um, I definitely liked, and I, she said something to the effect of, "I definitely liked the mostly female cast." Um, I can't remember if she liked the men being idiots or not. Okay. It it was brought up, but. Uh, yeah, I would give it a 5.5, 6 on a, gen, on a day where I'm feeling generous. I think this movie shoots really high in its ideas, but it doesn't execute on any of them pretty much because it doesn't even make the attempt. Um, and it doesn't feel necessary. It feels, it feels like the time where they made MCU movies just to introduce the characters or to do the part two um, without a clear direction. And like, like, it very much reminds me of like an Iron Man 2 type of movie. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think Black Widow deserved a lot better. I think Scarlett Johansson deserved more. And the fact that we're never going to see this iteration of the character again, presumably, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I almost wish that the last time I saw her was in Endgame. Um, so, I yeah. definitely walked away feeling that way. Um, whether or not I enjoyed this movie on any level, I don't feel like it served the character well. And for her being a character with so much legacy in the MCU, it's it's disappointing that this is her last appearance. Um, That's going to do it for our review of Black Widow. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it a lot more than we did, because uh, clearly we didn't love it. We do movie reviews for all the MCU stuff, all the DC stuff. So if you like uh, hearing people talk about those movies, come back to us for those types of reviews. And of course, listen to our main show when it drops every single Monday. We're talking about all these characters and all the different places you can find them. Uh, we're doing news about them, whether it be news about new movies coming out or comic books or whatever. We're doing interviews with the creators of the comic books and whoever we can get on the show. And we do reviews that drop every single week. So follow us wherever you're listening. Make sure to check these spaces so that you can be made aware of when we drop new content. Hit that subscribe button to help us out. And with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time.